There is a trigger warning. If you cannot hear about suicide or ideations, this might not be a podcast that you need to listen to. If you're too tender right now, I totally understand that, but I just wanted to say that. Welcome in to another edition of the Joy Starters podcast. I just want to start by saying thank you from the bottom of my heart. I've gotten all the messages Everybody that said that they have binged what we put out so far, that they've really enjoyed it. And funny enough, I hosted, alongside Minnesota, hosted the first of three mental health games at Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. And the coolest thing happened because of this podcast. I was sitting in the stands. I'd been down on the field. We had been announced. It was really cool because, you know, I used to be in stadiums as a sideline reporter. And my gracious, I will tell people never, never, never ridicule or make fun of sideline reporters because I've been a host, I've been a reporter, I've been all radio hosts, I've been all these things. And the hardest job I ever had, field reporter, was sideline reporting. You've got to make sure you're not getting run over, listening to somebody in your ear, taking your stats, taking your your notes, getting ready to interview. It's just, it's the hardest job. So here I am, I'm watching I'm watching the sideline reporter there and just kind of reminiscing back on my days as a sideline reporter. But then here I get announced with all these leaders at Minnesota, the University of Minnesota, who are doing things on campus to change the narrative on mental health. And they play the PSA, the joint PSA that we did with Minnesota football. And I hear my voice talking about changing the narrative on mental health float across that stadium where my voice used to float across the television in a stadium. And It just really hit me. It struck me how life has changed and how I would never, because people ask me all the time, and I know I just jumped right in this podcast, but I've got stories to tell you. They ask me all the time, do you miss sportscasting? And I I don't. I don't. I know I made the right decision. I know that I know that I know that I made the right decision. And so hearing my voice, you know, float across the stadium, talking about mental health, about potentially saving and changing lives. Uh, my voice carries a message to somebody that could potentially save or change a life. And and I know the impact this had because in 2019, I got messages from people inside those the stadium at Minnesota that said, I heard your message. I decided to get therapy. I felt less alone. So I, I know it matters. So we're down in the field. We do that. I have a moment. Of course, I'm crying because I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm joyful. I cry. And I, my, my eyes leak. My soul leaks happiness and joy. And sometimes sadness and grief um, all the time. And so I'm up in the stadium because I gave us seats afterwards. And my mother-in-law, my sister by marriage, but like my sister, my nieces, my nephew, my brother-in-law, my husband even came. He <laughs> drove five hours the night before to get to a closer airport that had a direct flight. Flew out, was up at like three o'clock, flew out at five o'clock in the morning just to get there for me. And this special, special day that we were hosting with Minnesota. And we're up in the stands. So it's like family and work and passion and purpose. It was just the greatest day. It was so great. And this girl walks up to me and she said, hi, um, (laughs) um, you know, I, and she introduces herself and she goes on Haley and she goes on to tell me that she was familiar with my work, but she became re-familiar when she heard PJ Fleck talk about me in his weekly press conference, which, by the way, the mental health games that we do, the partnerships originated with Minnesota, and man, they just know how to do it. I mean, it's really, it's it's amazing. They pump it up. They pump up the movement. It's just, it's really awesome. And the reason why I'm so 
passionate about the movement being mentioned is because we are, we've been around six years, but every time somebody mentions us in a press conference or an article or online, or you retweet something, you share something, you never know who's going to, you never know who's going to hear it, see it. And it might be the message that between life and death, it might be the message that, that says, you know what, I'm going to get therapy. It might be the person that funds us going to 20 more schools or 100 more schools because you would be amazed, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more in just a moment, about how many schools we have in this country that desperately need mental health resources but do not have funding. And it is just insane to me that we can put a man on the moon and we can do all these things, but yet we cannot afford mental health resources for our children, for our children who are hurting. Get back to that in a minute because I don't want to get just crazy passionate. So here I am. I'm sitting there and she says, I rediscovered you. And she said, I was going through social media and she said something you said in your social media in your in your podcast, this podcast inspired my podcast. And I was like, what? And it said the world. It was a quote that I, I talked about. and It said the world needs you to show up today. It needs you to show up today. By the way, hey, you that's listening to this, the world needs you to show up today. And so um, I ended up, you know, I, I said, hey, do you ever have guests on your podcast? I'd love to be on your podcast. She was like, what? She was like, I, you know, I'd love that. It was her and another gal. I think it's like single in the city in Minnesota. So I can't wait to listen to that. And then later on, she's sitting near me. She's just the cutest thing. And I give her one of my bracelets and a card and all of that. And I took a picture of her cute outfit with a bracelet on. And I just thought, my gracious, how life comes full circle. Just really, really cool and really, really amazing. So that is what can happen, my friend, just by spreading the podcast, spreading joy, hitting share, giving us a review, giving us a five-star review, all of those things, just really neat things like that can happen. And so at Minnesota, I have this full circle moment. And we are getting ready right now to head out to Utah State, the second of the three mental health games that we are hosting. They're all special in their own, for their own reasons. And each one of these schools and programs make the mental health games their own, unique. Something that maybe a lot of people don't know is that all three of these coaches have lost children, have lost sons. Um, And... I want to tell you the rest of the story with this Utah State mental health game. Um, as Paul Harvey would say, and I'm, I'm going to cry through it. So I met Blake Anderson, the head coach of Utah State, years ago when I was sideline reporting, as I mentioned. And in ACC, I was an ACC sideline reporter, the 12 o'clock, you know, 1 o'clock game, Jefferson Pilot, ACC Network, before there was an actual like right before the actual formation of the ACC network, that was me. I was a sideline reporter. And so I knew him. He used to come on my show, just the author of these fast, high-powered offenses, just a, an innovator, right? An innovator and a really, really great person. And had a great wife named Wendy and met Wendy at um, AFCA and an award show that I was hosting and just, just really neat. And so Wendy gets diagnosed with a rare form of breast cancer. And of course, I'm praying for Wendy and and all of those things. And Wendy bounces back and then it comes back. And right around that time, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. And Blake is a humongous believer, you know, just sold out believer in Christ. And 
somewhere along the way, I knew that he was battling very, very hard with his wife and trying a lot of holistic things, a lot of, you know, exploratory treatment, those things. And somewhere along the way, we we were already friends, but we became closer friends because we were both going through cancer with somebody that we loved desperately and trying to save. And we'd say, okay, did this work? Have you tried this? Okay. And in early 2019, my mom went to a doctor um, who's a, his name is, um, and it'll come back to me in a moment, but a, a doctor in North Alabama who had literally cured a friend of mine from cancer. She, they had told her literally like six to 12 weeks. They had done chemo on her childhood cancer. They had done radiation. They'd done it over and over and over again. They basically told her to go home and, and die. And this doctor had cured her. And she, now she has to keep up with the regiment, which is a lot of juicing, avoid acidic things. I mean, she keeps up with how she eats to, to keep up the, uh, no evidence of the disease, but she literally is no evidence of the disease, y'all. And she's living and thriving and so, so happy for her. And so my mom is at this doctor and he's with this doctor and or she's with this doctor. And, and to get in, it's like six months. Um, he's just, he's got this reputation. People come from all around and he really just believes. And I'm going to have to put in the show notes because I'm having a brain fart right now, this, this doctor's name. And I would love to give you, I'll, I'll give you actually, it just came to me. Thank you, Lord. The name of his company is Osa's Garden, O-S-A-S Garden. You can look it up, osasgarden.com. And he just believes that the body was created to heal itself, that sunshine, good words, juicing, the right things in your body, supplements, that you, you can absolutely beat cancer. So my mom is with this doctor, and by the time we really started following his protocol, my mom's liver was already covered. And so we were fighting a battle. And the day after, um, the day after, let me back up and say this, you know, when you're a caregiver, if anybody within the sound of my voice listening to this has ever been a caregiver, it's lonely and hard and you wouldn't trade it for the world, but it's heartbreaking. And so Blake and I would just share tips. Are you trying this? Are you doing you know, the coffee enemas, are you doing this supplement? Are you doing that supplement? Have you tried this? And he wanted to get Wendy in with this doctor, but there was a wait. And the day that my mom passed, the next day she had a doctor's appointment. And so I called him the day that she passed and I said, can you get Wendy to North Alabama? I believe they were in Arkansas at the time. And can she take my mother's appointment? And he said, I can. Thank you so much. And um, he has told me, and the story goes that I've heard from him, is that, and he's very much like a brother to me, is that that doctor's appointment with him gave her, she bounced back for a couple of months and kind of gave her the last push with her children and her loved ones and him. And so he's forever thankful. And she ends up passing. And so... We're forever linked by that grief and what we, we went through together and by this doctor. And um, so, so that's the backstory with Blake. Well, I have worked with Utah State. I was with them during the pandemic via Zoom, connected with a number of the players, loved them, 
then was out there, have been out there twice in 2022. But earlier this year, I find out that Blake's son has passed away. And needless to say, I ended up finding out that he took his life. And I just could not fathom what my friend Blake was going through. First, he's lost his, his, his wife and now his child. You're never supposed to outlive your children. And he's had other losses too. If you go to my social media, we've reshared it. It's hit, it's hit the, all sorts of socials. Sports Illustrated's picked it up. So many people picked it up where he made a video talking about all these losses and what happened and his baby boy. So when I find out about this, he has told his team and those at Utah State knew, but he never made a statement. And he said, I'll talk about it when I'm ready. And I said, of course, you know, whenever that is, if it's one year, two year, five years, seven years, whatever it is, whenever, it's your story to tell whenever. And so um, this summer I called him and I said, hey, I said, you know, you are such a big supporter of I'm Changing the Narrative. Your team is mental health. Would you like to host a mental health game with us? And he said, absolutely, absolutely. And so there was that lingering kind of question of whether or not he would talk about it before the game. But again, I encouraged him, no pressure whatsoever. You you know, none for me, your time, whenever that is, whenever that is, two, five, ten, whatever. It's, it's your baby. It's your story. And um, as we're getting prepared for this game, I get a call from his assistant, if you will. She works in recruiting, but really wears a lot of hats, Rachel. She's amazing. And she said, coach just is about to sit down and make a video and tell the world how his son died. And, and I was like, what? I was in the, the, the dry cleaner and I just started crying. I said, like, tell everything. She said, yes. Because I understood, one, how incredibly painful this was going to be for him. But two, just the lives that it could save and change, that vulnerability, that taking off the mask, that sharing, that all of it, because, ooh, wow, um, just sharing that hurt and that pain. I, I knew once he was able to talk about it, that it would definitely affect many people's lives. So he made the video and we were told end of last week that it was going to be released on Monday. And this is just being recorded a few days before the game, obviously. And so the video came out on Monday and, you know, everybody that's watched it is just like, my gracious, it's pain. It's pain. It's moved them to talk to their kids. It's moved them to ask themselves questions. It's moved people to write articles. It's moved people... I've already been getting emails from people that knew him. I got an email and I'll, I'll muddle the, the details a little bit just tonight of a woman who's a Utah State fan who's been like forever touched so closely by suicide. And then as a teacher and she's kids just Sunday, she said she's been touched by suicide. And she said, thank you so much for what you guys are doing. Thank you for what you're doing. And what Blake told me was, I, I just want it. I just want to make a difference. I just want my son's story and our loss to, to make a difference in somebody's life. And I pray that, these are his words, I pray it brings 
somebody, many people closer to Christ. And I pray it makes a difference. And so I sent him the screenshot of the email tonight. And I said, do you see what you prayed for? What we prayed for is happening. So that's the story behind the story of this mental health game. I knew. I knew the pain he was going through. His players knew the pain he was going through. Those at the university that were in leadership knew. His team knew. And I'm talking about this team as a team full of kings. I mean, the punter and um, and another one player, Calvin Knapp, and so many others so outspoken about mental health, so outspoken about taking off the mask and not struggling alone and don't try to tough it out. You don't have to tough it out. You don't, I made a post recently that, that talked about that, about instead of man or woman up, tough it up, don't cry. How about, can I sit with you? Can I listen to listen or listen to help you provide a solution? Can I help you find resources like a therapist? And then can I walk with you? Can I follow up with you to make sure that you're, you're, you're going to therapy um, I've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. Let me listen. Um, there, there's so many different things we can say. We can, we can say being vulnerable is not weak. We can say you're allowed to break down. We can say it's okay to cry. We can say all of these things. And as coaches, because the post was, was relating around coaches, that we can be better and that coaches can be better. And it's why I am so passionate now about going into programs and, and training the trainers and coaching the coaches, because if you're not if they're not cognizant they will go spew their emotional funky junk which is bitterness anger trauma unforgiveness abuse um stuff they stuff down or haven't processed through they will pour that on to those that they coach and so we were just talking about some different things you could say you know you're not going to lose your scholarship you're not going to be seen as weak I I do support you do you need to take a break don't just toughen it out and get back in there and this is what this is all leading to. I wanted to tell this podcast, or I wanted to share this podcast with you today to tell you the story behind the story, but I'm going to leave you with this. This podcast is about joy, but this is one's a little bit different. How do we preserve joy? How do we make sure joy is around? How do we preserve life? Because I'm tired of losing kids. I'm tired of losing people. I'm tired. Just this weekend, the very nature of what I do, just this weekend, one team member his son's football team. And he went to the football team. He, he went to the, the leadership and said, you need mental health resources. You need some program. You need something. I, I feel it in my bones that something's going to happen here. You, you need this. And they didn't do it. And somebody off this football team, his football team took their own life, a baby, no note, a baby. And then a day later, somebody else on my team, her eldest child's cousin, a girlfriend broke up with them and he took his life. And y'all, we are losing kids far, far, far too much. We're losing people too much. And I guess the end of this podcast is, is a call to action. This is a call to every leader, every business owner, every teacher, every principal, every coach. Beat down the freaking doors until you get resources in your company, in your school, on your team. If you have to fundraise, if you have to find federal grants, if you have to get a spot, I don't, just be relentless. Because what is the cost of a child's life or a person's life? And I think there are a myriad of factors 
right now that um, that are, are, are causing this, what I believe is a scourge, what I believe is a plague on our land of suicide. Never in my life have I seen it this bad. Somebody asked me the other day, do I think that, and I've dealt with it, suicidal ideation will almost took my own life. And, and I, I should have said this at the beginning, but I'm going to say it now. There is a trigger warning. If you cannot hear about suicide or ideations, this might not be a podcast that you need to listen to. If you're too tender right now, I totally understand that, but I just wanted to say that. But I, I've never seen anything like it I've, I, in my life. And somebody asked me, do you think, Rachel, it's just that we're hearing about it because of the news cycle and that the fact that we get more news in one day on social media than someone in like the 15th century got in their entire life? I mean, what do you think is the reason, Rachel? I said, yes, I do think we get it more. We get all this news more. But it's also, it's a, it's a lot of things. I think we are seeing the compounding effects of the lockdowns. I think with lack of, of, of mental health resources, lack of, of how to process abuse or, or heartbreak or any of those things, lack of access to mental health resources, okay? There's a lot of places where you have to wait 30, 60, 90 days, um, to be able to be seen by somebody. Now, we have resources at I'm Changing the Narrative, and you can send us an email. We have a contact that has telemedicine where you can, you and your family can see somebody, a therapist in front of a computer on your time for a very, very low cost. And it's somebody that we're associated with that we're trying to help more and more people get therapy. But there are a myriad of reasons. There are also reasons like social media. I spoke at a church recently, and this little guy says to me, will you make a voice note for my friend? And I said, sure. What's his name? He said, don't worry about his name. He said, he's just been getting anonymous suicide, um, people telling him to commit suicide anonymously. And I'm like, what? Like, what? What? Are you kidding me? And he said, yeah, it's like a thing. And this little kid looks at me like, like it's like a thing. And, I'm, and so, of course, I make this video, and I'm like, you know, can, and this is what's happening. This is the crazy, so is it, are, are they, uh, let's just talk about children for a moment, young, are they more conditioned because it's talked about on social media because do we glorify it in some ways? Does social media glorify it? Do we, we see more people doing it? So we're apt to do it. Do, you've got, you've got 13 reasons why you've got all kinds of music and media and all of those things and, and magazines and shows and movies that talk about it. I think there are a myriad of reasons why we are struggling. Breakdown of the family. You know, I mean, there's, there's so many things, but I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. I do believe from a faith perspective, I'm changing the narrative is not faith-based, but I am as Rachel Joy Barbeau, Rohi, now that I'm married, I'm faith-based. And I will tell you that I believe from a faith perspective that there is a plague on this land. And I think that the enemy wants nothing more than to kill, steal, and destroy, particularly our children and people. And I look back now and I will tell you, and I speak on this, that all the things, all the reasons that I was going to take my own life, the reasons, um, I was worried about losing my house. I had broken up with my boyfriend and I had broken up right before my mom passed away. So I was dealing with a double heartbreak. I felt like a failure. I felt unloved. I felt unwanted. The devil in my ear, the, the, the repeat was, you are, um, you're unlovable. Look, you know, nobody stays. Look at you. You're pathetic. You're weak. You're all the, and I look back at all the things I was going to potentially take my life for. And I ended up marrying that guy. 
And guess what? Who cares about a house? You know, I say this to my problem. So what? So what? What if you fall flat on your face? What if you lose a house? What if you lose a job? You can rebuild. You still have your life. And so I think about all the things that I was going to take my life over. And um, it just breaks my heart for me. So there are a lot of reasons. But I'll tell you this. I want this podcast today to light a fire underneath you. I don't care if it's us and I'm changing the narrative or somebody else, but fight, fight, fight to get resources. And we have tons of free resources at imchangingthenarrative.org, the letter I, the letter M, changingthenarrative.org, but fight to get resources in your school, your company, your classroom, your team, whoever it may be. Make sure you're having small groups. Make sure you're having a safe place where your players or your your classroom or your employees or Talk to your boss about about having mental health days, about all of these things. Like, Make sure there's a safe place where people can say, I'm not okay, and they're not penalized for saying they're not okay. Just had another crazy story to finish this out of somebody that I know from way back in my, my past and not talked to in a long time, and somebody that she loved was going to therapy, and they were too ashamed to tell their boss they were going to therapy, and they ended up losing their job because they were not being honest with the boss, and it was therapy. There's still that stigma. So we've got to provide a place and a space where people are not stigmatized for struggling and not being okay. So why am I sharing all this? I'm sharing the story behind the story of of Blake losing his precious baby boy and the deeper story behind the mental health game this week. And next week, I'm going to tell you about Mike Loxley and what he's doing and our our friendship. And we're going to have some more joy. But this is also a a call to action for you. And it's a longer podcast than, than normal. But this is a call to action because I spent all weekend long just broken up for these families that I don't even know. And frustrated and um, and wanting to beat my head against the wall and, and wanting to figure out what the answer is to be able to have this in more and more and more and more schools. And so, and then missing my own mom and, and so other people's grief, my grief, loneliness, it was just a hard weekend for me feeling all this as an empath. And I just thought I've got to go on this podcast and share with other people that I don't care come hell or high water, whether it's the tele-support, um, whether it is our resources, somebody else's, whatever it is, fight for mental health resources in your own family, in your own company, in your own classroom, and don't stop. I'm talking about, I call it fingernail faith, where you're hanging on by the quicks of your fingers and your fingernails are, are peeled back, but you ain't going to quit. You're dug in. You got your heels dug in, and we've got to start fighting, all of us. You know, I tell colleges this all the time. You know, we I mean, a couple of years back, I was like, well, we have a psychologist. We are past the time of we've got a psychologist. We need all hands on deck, all backgrounds on deck, all, all you know, uh, vessels on deck, whether it's male, female, young, old, whatever experience. The more people we have talking about mental health and normalizing it, the less people we're going to lose. And I'm passionate about this. And how does this fit into the joy starters? Well, if we save more people, we have more joy. We have more life. We have less sadness, less sadness. So that's how it dots in. And hopefully you can hear my voice. If you're new to me, you can hear my voice. That This is something I live. I live it. I live it. And when I hug Blake this weekend, 
You'll know the backstory. You'll know um, the heartache that we've experienced together and what he's experienced as a father who lost his son. And um, you'll know that there's more to the story and why he's so passionate about it and these players in this university. And you hopefully will be inspired to go get mental health resources for yourself, for your family, for your work, for whatever it may be. And you will not stop fighting until that happens. I love you guys so much. Thanks for letting me be me. Thanks for letting me be on fire and passionate and stumble over myself and say too much sometimes or not say enough or be pushy and a little neurotic. But um, this is me. This is me. And I'm doing what I was put on the planet to do. And I know it. And I know it. (laughs) And I love you. And I'm so thankful for you. And I'm so thankful you're here. And I'll end this the way I ended up a post recently said, I love you. I see you. I'm holding space for you. You matter greatly. And, um, and I do. Until next time, please follow along and please share this with somebody because this of any other podcast could literally, literally um, affect somebody's life in terms of life or death or getting therapy or saving a marriage or any of those things. You just never know the impact you have at the end of your finger and with that mouth to tell somebody you should listen to this or let me share this. You'll never truly know this side of heaven, the impact that you have and how beautiful and amazing you are. I love you.